Welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition. I'm your host, Cody McBroom, and with me is my co-host, Travis McQueen. And today we are going to rate a whole bunch of shit. Yeah, we're probably, uh, we got a ton of them, so we'll see if we can get a couple in here. Is this is this serving as our Monday podcast, Wednesday podcast? Wednesday? Wednesday? No, Monday. Monday. Or we're going to shoot a Monday no, we'll shoot it Monday tomorrow. So this is Wednesday, which means that I'm trying to, like, what do we shout out at the beginning of this podcast? Oh, yeah, So yeah, we'll, yeah. Uh, we'll just do this we'll off do the Wednesday. dome. Um, let's do the Taylor Trainer game because, we, you know, we've been sharing content with you guys all the time, and obviously we always recommend going and checking out the content. Um, and if you're on the edge, if you're on the fence about the Taylor Trainer, the app, the training programs, go get the physique manual or the performance bodybuilding manual. They're both at tailoredcoachingmethod.com slash guides. Completely free. They're going to give you sample programs and break down – a lot of scientific principles and methods and strategies for program design for the everyday person who wants a little bit more of a scientific method. But the reason I say that is because if you've done that, you've read that, you've listened to the podcast, you're ready to train better, smarter, more intelligently to get better results and less injuries, it's time to just jump in the Tailored Trainer. We're giving you a free trial, seven days. You can sign up at tailoredtrainer.net. All of those links give you the uh, seven-day free trial automatically, and there's a link in the description, but I can't recommend it enough, guys. Uh, there's literally no risk here. You can check out the software, check out the programming completely free, and if it's not a good fit, you can bounce. There's no commitment, um, but I can almost guarantee if you like this podcast, if you're a regular listener, you're going to enjoy the app. It's an extremely easy app to use, and the programs are extremely well thought out and methodical and backed by science. So go check that out one more time, tailoredtrainer.net. Now, we got a whole bunch of underrated, overrated topics. I put it out on Instagram. Um... We had a few people recommend uh, suggest this uh, to do these again after the last one, and then recently somebody just asked me a question, when are you going to do it again? So we decided to do it because they're fun, and we haven't done it for a while. I feel like it was a trend that went on pretty heavily across social media, and then it just like fell off. I don't see anybody doing it anymore. So, yeah. um, we're it again. Yeah, we're going to bring it back. Um, so let's, let's just jump right into it. we got a whole bunch, so we're not going to do names. We're just going to run through them. I'm going to try to do rapid-fire style on these, um, but we'll see how it goes. Let's do it. All right, we got the first one uh, is incline walks. Incline walks. Incline walks on a machine, or is that just walking yeah. uphill only? Oh, yeah, I don't know. You ever heard, I dad, mean, if your you dad wa- ever said that you walk to school uphill both ways? No? All right, stupid. Yeah, I don't get that. that My dad used to be like, Travis, I walk to school in the snow uphill both ways. Oh, just to prove a point to you. It's a joke. Stop right? complaining. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the classic, I walked miles in the snow to get to school. Yeah. This classic dad thing. Now, yes. like, what am I going to tell my daughter? I rode the bus. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, basically, that's probably yeah. actually exactly yeah. what I'm going to say. Um, all right. Skateboarding. I actually did skateboard to school yeah. when I lived in Milton. Yeah. Uh, but, okay, so I'm, I don't know what they – I mean, I guess if you walk incline out, outdoors, you're going to eventually have to walk decline, which I think is easier. Therefore, that's overrated. You're just making it hard one way, easy one another way. Um, incline treadmill walks are pretty common. And honestly, I'm going to say overrated. I mean, like, realistically, the the incline makes it a little bit more difficult, I guess. But um, I think incline sprints, like hill sprints, are underrated. Those are great. Why do you say I guess? Uh, it definitely is more difficult. Isn't walking uphill? Yeah, but, like, here's the thing. is like, okay, if we're talking about doing cardio on a treadmill to burn calories – Okay, you do incline of five degrees, so you have to go down to two, level two speed, or you just do flat level speed three. Does it really make a difference? You know what I mean? You get more steps with one, higher incline with another. Okay. I don't know. You know what I mean? And now with all the research saying that neat and steps are so important, how many steps you actually take, it's probably less important to be on incline. And I don't know why it's so damn popular. I mean, that was the thing. Like in bodybuilding days and everything, when I did, I was like, I'm going on an incline treadmill. That's what you do. Um, unless I'm just missing something. I mean, I guess you could, you know, value the uh, extra calf work if yeah. you're really interested in building your calves, but I'm not. So yeah. I guess I just don't value that as much. But uh, yeah, I'd say overrated. Yeah. I think steps are underrated and incline treadmills are overrated. That wasn't the question. I know. But <laughs> All right. Them. Next one is massages. Mm. Overrated. Yeah. I mean, no, underrated. Sorry. I love massages. Huge massage guy. I think uh, I think they're underrated, underutilized. Yeah, because they're fucking expensive yeah. most of the time. Um, yeah, because my insurance doesn't cover it. I know that. Yeah, or at least not all of it. I have to pay for that. But 
I would say they're overrated for the uh, the purpose of ART, active release therapy, and they're underrated for the purpose of stress relief. I think a lot of people go get deep tissue massages because they think like it's this magical recovery process of digging into a muscle, kind of like a foam roller. There's a lot of research on the foam roller being more of a neurological thing. Like you actually can like lower your sympathetic nervous system, which is why I think they're underrated. But I also think that a lot of the ART, again, active release therapy, a lot of it is temporary. You can relieve tension in a muscle by digging into the tissue. However, a lot of it has been shown to be beneficial from a range of motion perspective, which is why foam rolling pre-workout is kind of beneficial. You break down the tissue, it has more elasticity and flexibility to it. You can get through a greater range of motion in your squat. But guess what? Three hours later, you're tight again. Yeah. So you need to work on flexibility and mobility to improve that, not just foam rolling. Um, I think a lot of people use massage as like a is like a band-aid they think that they're like unraveling knots in their tissue which i mean you're digging into knots and it and it feels good but the benefit of this and i learned this a lot in the recovery manual from uh dr james hoffman rp really good book but and i had him on the podcast so if you guys search our podcast in our podcast and just search james hoffman you'll see it but he he broke into some of the science stuff and the main benefits of a massage are not what you're doing to the muscle tissue. It's actually from you calming the fuck down. So when you're in a quiet room and the waterfall or whatever music's in the background, you know, it's it's good temperature, you're comfortable, and there's physical touch because there's there's science that shows seven seconds or more, which I hope your massage is longer than seven seconds, of physical touch is actually going to promote better well-being, uh, more of a calm state, a reduced nervous system state. Um, all you're doing is you're dropping cortisol, you're taking yourself out of that fight-or-flight sympathetic nervous system mode, and you're going to parasympathetic. It's like a long-ass meditation session. That's the benefit. When you go into parasympathetic, you, you calm down, you recover better. Yeah. So I think, it's, I think it's underrated for that reason, and it's overrated for the reason most people think it's beneficial. Yeah. It's just people are confused. Damn. One one side story real quick. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt the podcast. Yeah. But so how much is a podcast or a podcast? How much is a massage usually here? Between eighty and ninety bucks. Yeah. So no. eighty plus tip or whatever. So Julie and I got a, a couple's massage in uh, Jamaica. Jamaica, and I made the very big mistake of not asking. I was like, oh yeah, because we had somebody set it up for us and said, and they're like, all right, be there at three o'clock, you know. And I was thinking maybe it's like a hundred bucks, right? Mm-hmm. Well, let's just. Long story short, I came out of this massage, and they, to go pay, it was $380. Whoa. <laughs> Damn. $380 for a couple massage. I believe that. I thought you were going to say it was like 20 bucks because you were in Jamaica. Oh, no. That's, like, cheaper that's like Thailand. Oh, yeah. But Very true. I, yeah, I, was I, Jamaica cheaper than here, though? Um, not really, no. no. That's about the same. Yeah. Um, because I've looked at couples massages at resorts and retreats that me and Shannon have been to. And I've always yeah. been like, ha, no shit. Yeah. Like, no way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Cause they're just absurd. But I was, that's like almost triple a <clears throat> massage here for two people though. If, yeah. I get it. But eight, yeah. 80 I mean, bucks, 160, 160, yeah. three set. That's I think they just double. bump it up for the sake of it being oh at a resort. God. And then they have the audacity. And realistically at, at the sport Cairo, it's better anyway. They're yeah, better oh, at what they do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Then they have the audacity to try and sell me products afterwards. <laughs> After they had paid, I was like, what kind of products are they going to sell you? Lotion? Like scrubs and, uh, yeah, lotion scrubs. Uh, so anyway, I was so mind boggled. What? I mean, okay, so like, I've never done a couple's massage. Do you guys just, you lay in a bed next to each other? Yeah. That's it? Yep. Oh. And they turn the lights off and they give it a massage and then like you hold hands for five seconds and then you go pay the bill. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I feel like I wouldn't even want that. I'm uh, like, yo, leave me alone. I just want to be by myself. Yeah. I don't want to talk to anybody. Nobody, nobody talked the whole time. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to even, I don't oh. know. It's weird. Anyway. All right. Next. <clears throat> I just picture, uh, have you seen couple, Couples Retreat? We watched that on they, they don't, Jamaica. They don't do the couples, but you know how like uh, the girl gets that like hot guy that yeah. walks in. I'm yeah. like imagining laying in bed next to and she has some hot guy walking. I'm like, fuck. No. No. No shot. This isn't happening. No. <laughs> oh, man. That's hilarious. All right. Uh, next is hit cardio. <laughs> Hit cardio, uh, overrated. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, I think less cardio is completely underrated. It's gonna burn just as many calories. It takes a lot longer. So that's I mean that's the downside, right? You do you do ten minutes of high intensity cardio. You're probably gonna have to do twenty to thirty minutes of low intensity to burn the same amount of calories. Um, the epoch effect. I know they didn't ask about this. That's overrated too. The uh, 
exercise post oxygen consumption. Mm. Um, and basically this is, uh, just after you work out, your body is continuing to pull in oxygen. Your blood cells are continuing to do so. You, you continue to have a metabolic effect from that and burn more calories after the session. You're going to get that from strength training too, though. And, uh, in my opinion, hit is great short term, but after a quick bout, you realize that the recovery demands are just really high and it's kind of pointless. You know, like I would much rather do a lower intensity or aerobic work because it might take a little bit longer, but it's better for recovery. It's better for health and immune system. And at the end of the day, you're going to be able to sustain it for longer weeks and months on end and you burn the same amount of calories. So overrated. Damn. All right. Uh, next one is, uh, working from home. Uh, that's tough, man. I think at first underrated and then after a while it was overrated for me. I mean, what? I mean, I don't even think it's overrated. It's just difficult as fuck. Mm -hmm. Depending on who you are. Yeah. It depends on if you have a three-year-old daughter or not. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, and also when I was in a gym six days a week, all hours of the day, like, and then I finally got to work from home. I was like, this is dope, you know? But then I found myself in a Starbucks all the time Mm -hmm. and it was like, okay, why do I have this nice ass home office if I'm just going to Starbucks all the time? And it's, Part of it is, I think, accountability. When you go somewhere else, you're like, okay, I'm going to work and I got to get shit done, you yeah. know? And I read something from, uh, who was it? I want to say it was James Clear, the guy that wrote Tom Cabot's, but I might be wrong. Maybe it was Deep Work by Cal Newport. Both great books. Um, I think Cal Newport wrote that book. But they talk about, like, not having workstations in your home station. So it was, like, one of those things where, like, mm. I would work on the couch, but then now the couch becomes a workplace. And then that like fucks with your, where you're doing it. So like, that's why, and this sounds weird, but like even when I work at home, there's, I like, I work in the office and in the morning when I'm like reading, doing that stuff, I, and this sounds so weird. No, when I say it out loud, I, I purposely sit in a chair that I don't ever sit in elsewhere. Like, you know, when you were at our house last night, so that right next to where you are, that the corner chair. So facing the glass, the mm-hmm. sliding glass door yeah. on that end. I never sit there. We always oh. sit on the other side for dinner and everything. So I sit there when I do my work and that's like my work place. And I only sit there from working. Yeah. And I don't know why, but like mentally there's like this distinguished zone of like, I don't work on the couch. I don't work at the counter. I don't work at the dinner table seats that we eat at. Yeah. It's like office. I don't work in the bedroom. It's like office or it's the, uh, that single chair. Yeah. And I don't know, like that helps me, but I think going to an office is so much easier. Yeah. You just, I don't know. You guys have like friends over. You're like, I'm not fucking sitting in that yeah. seat. No way. <laughs> that's, that's for the morning. <laughs> All right, cool. It sounds weird, but it's, I mean, he, he had a lot feel, of, he had I'm, like some studies or something to talk about it and it was, yeah. it was good. I get I mean, it. It yeah. makes sense. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a mental thing. Yeah. Especially when you have a family and stuff, you're like, okay, like I want to be, you know, home is not work. Yeah. Like, you know, um, but at the same time, it's like, it's one of those things where I couldn't afford to have this place, you know? So I, back then I couldn't say that like, oh, I'd much rather go to my office and work. Oh, yeah. I couldn't afford a fucking office yeah. and a gym. Yeah. So I went to Starbucks, but. I actually like that too. Like I don't mind going to Starbucks. Totally. I, I, to me, getting out of the house is actually super helpful. Um, I th- I'm sure there's a lot of people when COVID hit, they were like, this is amazing. I can work from home. And now they're like, dude, get me out of this house. Totally. You know, because there's a certain amount of time. Yeah. You're yeah. like, I want to go back to work. So I think there's value in going and being around people and stuff like that when you can do it safely, obviously. But um, yeah, that's hard. I don't think it, there's an overrated or underrated answer. Yeah. It's just hard. It's a depends. Imagine that. All right, we got uh, next one is artificial sweeteners. Uh, fuck, that's what I mean. You just did this. Yeah, I just did this podcast, so check that out. But uh, I'm thinking like overrated, underrated. I think it depends who you're talking to. I think they're uh, overrated to some of the the people that abuse them. Some people are like they just have too many of them, and it's just getting insane how much like fake food and. Like, you know, there's like the things that, some things that have zero calories that I look at, I'm like, how does it have zero calories if it's an object that's, I can like hold in my hand? Mm. You know what I mean? That's weird. Like it's solid. A drink, I can kind of get it because it's probably just water with a little bit of flavoring, but like those like jellos or syrups that are thick or like zero calorie candy. I'm like, it's, it's an object in my hand. How is that zero calories? That's weird. So but I also think it's underrated for people dieting that like, you know, try to stay so clean and paleo and whole foods. It's like, dude, have a fucking diet pop. It's going to help you adhere to the diet because it's curing that sweet tooth. And there's, there's research studies that show one, it's not unhealthy for you. And two, it actually helps you with dieting. So it's promoting weight loss because you're able to have that sweet tooth and that treat without adding calories to your diet. Yeah. So, um, I would, if I had to choose one, I'd say underrated. Got it. 
All right. So next one is glutamine. Um, if you asked me this a few years ago, I'd say overrated. If you asked me today, I'd probably say underrated. Mm. And I think because so uh, glutamine is an amino acid. There's a lot of amino acids. And once upon a time, it was almost like all amino acids were, I mean, it's the building blocks of protein. And if it's mm-hmm. protein, it means it builds muscle, which means that we have to have all these different. So people were taking leucine with meals. They were taking amino acids with a workout, protein in every meal. And they were taking glutamine as a recovery agent for more muscle growth. Um, the more research they did, the more they realized it's just not really going to contribute to muscle growth whatsoever. So now it's kind of like, at, at that point, we realized like, okay, glutamine is a waste of money and it's completely overrated. You're not going to build muscle. But then they kept furthering research studies not focused on muscle growth, and they found out that it was extremely helpful for gut health. So there's actually digestive components that are beneficial of it. Um, there's also some research with burn victims and traumatic injuries that was pretty, especially burn victims, where they do high doses of aminos and glutamine and stuff, and wow. it actually helps heal from the uh, the burns. But what that means, too, is like if we're looking at skin and we're looking at some injuries that have like ligaments and tendons issues and stuff like that, glutamine might play a role in helping with bone, tendon, ligament, skin injuries. So I say that because, well, number one, if you have old injuries from sport or weightlifting, or you're trying to prevent more injuries, or you have nagging pains and issues, maybe it might be beneficial to have a little bit of glutamine in your diet to avoid furthering those or just strengthen the things that could potentially get injured. Um, I don't think everybody needs it, but if you have gut health issues, I would say it's a good, it's a good one to go with. If you have an injury, it's a good one to go with, um, especially a serious injury. And then last but not least, there is some research that shows uh, it triggers a specific hormone. Um, I gotta, I'm going to have to pull this up to make sure I, I pronounce this right. But there's a specific hormone that helps regulate um, our hunger levels. And with that, here it is. That hormone is called uh, – oh, I'm going to butcher the shit out of this. Okay. Um, Colocytosis. Kinin. CKK is like basically the hormone. Okay. Um, so stimulating it. So CKK is a hormone that's secreted in the gut. And I'm reading off of a post I did uh, that's secreted in the gut in which tells your body to not eat. It's almost uh, the opposite of the, the, the ghrelin and leptin signals that actually uh, kind of tell you to eat more. Um, the way to stimulate this, this hormone CKK, uh, cola cytokinin, it's K I N N or K I N I N that Kinin. With my, Too many ends. Yeah, it's very hard. Uh, but the way it stimulates in your body is uh, omega-3 fatty acids help, and then glutamine can trigger it. Um, so this basically means, like, obviously getting omega-3s in your diet and stuff like that can help. But potentially having glutamine can trigger this hormone to get increased, and when it is increased, it kills cravings and hunger because it basically is a signal to your brain to say, I'm not that hungry. Mm. Like, don't eat. So, <clears throat> and I've tested this with three or four clients, uh, recently, this is something I just recently was digging into and discovering. And, um, I have three or four clients right now that I've done this with that are in a deficit and they were having hunger cravings. So what I said was like, pick out the time that you're having these cravings. Uh, for example, 11 AM, like I have my meal and then I have, I usually have my next meal at like one and like at 11, my hunger starts to kick up and I'm starting to crave things. And that's typically when I like splurge on a snack at the office or candy on the desk or whatever. And I'm like, Hey, at 10 30, drink some glutamine. One teaspoon is one serving of glutamine typically. So just glutamine powder, throw some crystallite in there, something that tastes good, or just throw it back. Glutamine about 30 minutes before those cravings kick in, 15 to 30 minutes prior, and we'll see how it works. And everybody I've done it with has said they're, they've noticed their cravings go away. And we're just trying to spike that hormone around that time. Yeah. You know, um, they, they might be getting some gut health benefits from it as well. Probably no muscle growth perspective. But if we can take a little bit of glutamine that has zero calories, just something that you throw back and it kills cravings. I think it's worth it. Mm. Not that many people know that or do that. So yeah. I would say underrated at this point. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. So next one's going to be protein bars. Overrated. I love protein bars. I mean, it tastes good, but it's a glorified granola bar. I mean, it's just like usually, and this is where the artificial sweeteners thing, like, you know, you have a little artificial sweetener. That's great. When you read the back of a protein bar, there's a paragraph of ingredients more than half of which you cannot pronounce. You know what I mean? And then the rest is like corn husk fiber, whey protein isolate, nut butter, and then just a whole bunch of sweeteners that you have no idea what they are, mm. right? Um, <clears throat> and so I'm not, a, I'm not a huge fan. If I'm on the go or if I, like, if I have like a really big sweet tooth and I'm just craving one, I'll, uh, 
like a snack or a chocolate or something, I'll go have a, a good protein bar. But realistically, it's, it's you know, they're usually two to 300 calories and they have a decent amount of protein, 20 grams of protein, let's say. Good amount of fat, usually good amount of carbs. And it's, I mean, there's no like crazy benefit or micronutrient or anything to it. And, you know, you could have uh, 30 to 40 grams of protein from a chicken breast for less calories and be more satiated. Now, I know you're not going to get the same craving fix from a chicken breast, totally. but that means you could have a full plate of meal of whole foods, probably be around the same calories as one, maybe a little bit more than one protein bar, obviously. But I think from a satiety perspective, it just goes further. I eat a protein bar and I'm usually still hungry. I'm just like, okay, that was, it tasted good, but I want more. You know what I mean? It's not much volume there. Totally. So overrated. Gotcha. Okay. We'll go. To the next one is using running as your cardio. Overrated. I think it is overrated because it's just wear and tear on the joints. I think we talked about this one time where uh, a mile is like, we, we calculate how many steps yeah. what a mile yeah. was, but it's thousands of steps. So it's like you're hopping on e- on each ankle, hip, socket, and knee joint like a thousand plus times when you run a mile. And the mile's not that long. You know, you can jog a mile in 10 minutes. Most people can. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not a fast jog. That's like a normal jog. Um, that's a lot of fucking pounding on the joints. Whereas you could do um, walk two assault miles. bike. You could walk, first of all. <laughs> you could uh, do the assault bike. You could do the sled. You could do the rower. You can do um, the skier. You can do a lot of these cardio mo- modalities that have no eccentric loading. So you're not going to damage the joints whatsoever. If anything, it's actually beneficial. Kind of like I was talking to you for your knee about the bike. Mm-hmm. Like, you're making the movement pattern of a squat over and over again. And that's really good for the joint because now I'm going through flexion and extension, getting blood flow in the joint, building the muscle around it, but there's no load on it. It's just movement, Mm -hmm. right? There's a load on the concentric because the fan of the assault bike. So when I press, there's concentric load, but when I go through the cycle and I'm coming back up, there's no load on the eccentric. So that front half you press and the back half you're just moving. But because there's no load on the eccentric when you're flexing or stretching the muscle in the tendon and the joint, there's no pressure or tension that's going to break down the muscle fiber or break down the joint. It's way safer. Totally. So if you can do that, and typically we can control heart rate, intensity, rest periods, RPE, all those kind of things way easier on those modalities I just talked about than you can running. Because running also depends on your foot pattern, your gait, what terrain are you on? Are you on a trail? Are you on a hike? Are you on flat? Are you on incline? Whatever. Um, it's just not nearly as beneficial. So when we want to control metrics and performance and everything for cardio, those machines work better and they're healthier on your joints. And that's always going to be my like forefront focus because usually we're doing cardio between training sessions of lifting. So if we're doing it between lifting sessions, it's important to help it promote more recovery versus make it harder to recover in between the most important sessions you're doing. Totally. You know, so overrated. Got it. All right, we're going to the next one. It says... Uh, most overrated and underrated fruits. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> not sure that's an overrated, underrated, but yeah, we'll do it. Yeah. Underrated. The most underrated, uh, we'll break this into three, um, three categories, taste, uh, nutrients and practicality. So practicality being like what you should fit into your calories and why, um, Taste, this is completely opinionated, strawberries. Strawberries are the best tasting fruit there oh, is. Oh, I thought you were going to say worst. Oh, I love strawberries. Yeah. Huge strawberry fan. Could eat strawberries. I, I usually do eat strawberries basically every single day. Yeah. Um, I try to mix them with blueberries because blueberries are a little bit better from a nutrient perspective. Okay. Yeah. Strawberries are way better. Yeah. Um, most underrated from a nutrient perspective, kiwis. Ooh. Kiwis are extremely good for you. Great fiber, great, great uh, antioxidant, unbelievable with like uh, the the types and the amounts of vitamins and minerals that are, yeah. that are in them. Um, I've been eating, I forgot mine yesterday, but I've been eating two kiwis a day with lunch basically every day. Last couple of weeks, they kind of came back. You had to get them in season because sometimes they're hard exactly. and they're disgusting. But yeah. um, and believe it or not, uh, are you a skin eater of a no. kiwi? It's kind of gross because they're furry. Yeah. But it's really good you for ask you because it's good for you. <laughs> no. Super good for you. Yeah. Um, this, that's what, I mean, it's a lot of fiber. But you think about it, it makes sense. Too. It's why, like, on the apple, if you eat the skin, it's a lot more Dude. fiber. But so, yeah, think about it. It's solid. It's hard. That's part of that type of fiber is it's not supposed to be broken down. It helps just push things out of your colon. Your, I think that's the same as, like, eating the skin of salmon. That is great for you? Yeah. It might be. Oh, my God. That's so gross. I think that there's... Josephine does that. I think... Uh, I think 
it's it's a double-edged sword. I want to say, and I could be completely wrong with this, I think that's where a lot of mercury is too. Uh. So like in some people, you can't have too much mercury or it depends where you source the fish. So that might not be a good idea. Uh. But people listening, fact check that for sure because yeah. I could be completely wrong. Yep. But I feel like I've heard that. Um, but I also eat skin on salmon most oh. of the time. I don't like try to pick it off. But if it's there and it's like a pain to try to scrape off, I'm just, I don't give a shit. I'll eat it. You know, I'll scrape it off and she'll take it and eat it. Dude, I'll eat fucking bones and like, I don't mean to, but oh I'll just, I'll just God. start eating salmon. And then Shen's like, are you picking out the bones? And I'm like, oh no, shit. <laughs> <laughs> like halfway done. <laughs> just, I'm like a garbage disposal. Um, and then the, the, from, for practicality reasons in the diet, I would go blueberries. Okay. Uh, blueberries are really any berries in general, berries with the seeds, um, all berries in, uh, are I would say blueberries are the highest in the, the nutrients, antioxidants, and vitamins that you want. But um, in general, berries are, they have seeds, they have high fiber, they have high antioxidants and vitamins, and they're very low calorie. You can eat a fucking bowl of strawberries and it's like 200 calories, yeah. maybe. Um, so that's, because uh, I think a cup of strawberries is literally like 50 calories. Wow. You can eat a lot of strawberries and you're totally fine. Um, overrated. I don't know. That's actually hard because I don't think any, I don't know of any fruits that are overrated. I mean, um, I think grapefruits are overrated because they don't taste good. They're super good for you though. Yeah. There's a lot of good reasons. You know what I think is most underrated taste wise is plums. Ugh. Dude, what? That's my favorite fruit of all time. Whoa. Yep. (laughs) I think of plums. I just think of plum juice. Like uh, for old people to that's shit. disgusting. Or I mean, we give when you have a baby, you give it to them too. When yeah. when your baby's constipated, no, you get them to plums food. are amazing. Are they? Yes. I think I don't even actually know if I've ate a plum. I think I've just had plum what? juice. And it's have they you had plum juice? Shit? Have you had plum juice? No. Is it, okay, I was gonna say plum juice is gross. Oh. So I'm like, how accurate does that taste compared no. to a plum? Plums are so good. Like uh, favorite fruit of all time. That's crazy. Man, I would have said kiwis because I used to love kiwis. Are kiwis. fucking amazing. Yeah, plums are my favorite. <clears throat> um, overrated, I would probably say. Uh, I would probably say bananas. I mean, bananas are great. I yeah, love bananas, yeah. but I feel like bananas is such a staple. Like in the workout world, everybody it's like banana post workout, banana yeah, protein. Yeah. It's like they're really not that amazing, yeah. you know. Um, fruits are f- very good. They're good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think I can say any other ones are overrated. Um, actually, I know what's overrated. Fucking dragon fruit. Yeah. Have you ever had a dragon fruit? I did in Jamaica. They're not that tight. Yeah, it was. I had one in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. They're not. <laughs> um, I uh, I was so excited to have one when I was in Hawaii. I was in it Kauai. wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It just doesn't have that much flavor. Yeah. And they yeah. look crazy. Yeah. They look nuts. The purple ones? Uh, I think they're purple and green and pink. They're like different colors. Yeah. But good. they look crazy, dude. They're like... They're like, they don't even look like a fruit, but like vitamin water had dragon fruit and all these things like came out with all these like dragon fruit flavors. Yeah. Um, but I'll show you a picture. They, they're pretty, yeah, they're like purplish. Yep. And they got like spikes all over them. Yep. Looks like a fire emoji. Okay. I'm talking about, you don't eat that. No, you cut it open and eat the inside. There's just not that much flavor inside. Yeah. It's not that good. The restaurant we have. There's purple ones too. Yep. Exactly. All right. Yeah. Cool. All right, let's go to the next one. Working out outdoors. Hmm. Um, I would say overrated. You know, I think it's hard because, like, part of me is like getting outside, walking outside, sitting outside, doing anything outside is definitely underrated. But at the same time, it's not. Everybody knows it's super beneficial. I mean, getting that sun exposure, not only for vitamin D purposes, which is hugely helpful for hormone, immune, like so many different things. There's a lot of research that shows uh, sun exposure early in the morning without sunglasses or blockage. So like actually allowing like sun to get in your eyes, basically. You don't have to stare at the sun, but sun exposure directly to your pupil actually has a a significant effect on energy levels and uh, productivity and cognition and stuff throughout the day. Um, Mood enhancements, things like that. But it literally has to be three people. So you can't go outside with sunglasses on and block the sun and expect to get the same exposure. Um, And even if, uh, I mean, you still would get some, but not as much. But even if it's not super sunny, the, the sun through the clouds, even though it's super bright, is still going to give you that, that ray and that exposure that you need. Um, that's super underrated. But at the same time, I feel like outdoor workouts are overrated because, yeah, it's cool, but you, what, what, you really can't do much unless you're in that city in New Mexico where they have a full gym on the beach. Yeah. And it's built out of, like, logs and shit, which is yeah. super cool. I'd love to go there, but um, it's called, like, Tango or something like that. 
um, Tangaloo or, or something. But um, it's, yeah, I mean, what can you do out there? You can do calisthenics, yeah. which I'm personally not a huge fan of, to be honest with you. I think like you're stuck with doing air squats and push-ups and some pull-ups and stuff like that. But it's like inside of a gym, I have so much equipment, you know. Um, and this is like the whole minimalism thing. And even like paleo, it's like, like we shouldn't eat all these things because, you know, the earth didn't have it once upon a time or like man had to create it. It's like, well, humans are smart. Yep. If they created something, use it. They created a microwave. You're still microwaving your paleo brownie before you eat it. You're using a cell phone to tell me that you're paleo right now. You know what I mean? Like that was man graded. Like if you're going to do it, go all out and be straight up like minimalist you know, living out of the wilderness, you're going to do it, um, which is an extreme point of view, but, uh, but you get the point. Like, I just think, you know, we're smart now. We can create tools that allow us to train much harder and better. And the best physiques use a lot of tools. Yeah. So I think it's better, but I wouldn't, I think it's overrated, but you should get outside, go on a hike. All right. Next one is an aura ring. Underrated. Yeah. Um, I had a feeling you'd say that. Yeah. I thought it was overrated until I got one. I'm be honest. Um, it's hard because I think it depends on what you want to track, but I think it's underrated simply for the fact that it's very easy to wear. Like, I don't like wearing the Whoop because it was like just constrained your wrist. It doesn't look fucking cool at all. At least the Apple Watch looks cool. You know, Whoop band doesn't look cool, let's be honest. Um, Apple Watch looks cool, but it's not as accurate. And uh, the steps on it are accurate enough, but the Aura Ring has been the most accurate with uh, steps, heart rate for me. How do you know? Just research. I did so much research before I bought it. Just like what compares the most, um, from both like a product review perspective. Also, there's like some uh, researchers that put a lot of information out and did a lot of studies on trackables. So they actually did research on this trackable versus Apple watch versus Woo versus Fitbit for all, all these things to see what's the best. Um, and then also to where it's checking, you know, so like the ring is supposed to, the, or the finger is supposed to be really accurate area for pulse, for step count, for all those things versus the wrist. Um, especially because the Apple watch and everything is on the top of the wrist. And realistically, the more, more accurate part is going to be on the inside of your wrist, obviously. Um, the most accurate for heart rate and those kind of things is chest strap, but you don't want to wear a chest strap all day. I've yeah. done that when we were testing out the heart rate, bio hrv way back before they had all these different ones but um it's the most accurate i I, it picks up the most signals and it's most accurate for sleep the sleep one for apple watch just isn't that great and you either have to have your phone on your nightstand to track it which is iffy or you got to wear a watch to bed which again i don't want to do and you like you got to charge it all the time yeah this thing i charge for 20 minutes and it lasts me three to four days yeah which is pretty nuts if there's like a little thing i just put it on like it's like it's like a circle, and I just put it on top of it, and it oh, just charges. Nice. And three to four days after yeah, 20 minutes charging. Totally. You know? Um, but the sleep thing has been a game changer, seeing how long it takes me to fall asleep, how long I actually lay in bed, how long I'm sleeping for that duration, how long is deep sleep, how, like how many times I wake up, what times I wake up. It's crazy. That's dope. So I think it's underrated. Gotcha. All right. So we will go to the next one. It says... Going from MEV to MRV versus staying consistent with set number over hypertrophy meso. Um, I don't really feel like that's an overrated or underrated. That's like, uh, which one do you think is better? Mm. And it depends, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I don't think either one is overrated. I think both of them are underrated because not enough people track these kind of things. So basically the, the way... We're, we're looking at this is going from in a cycle you could go from uh did you say mev yep. or m mev mev so minimum effective volume all the way up to maximum recoverable volume it's basically that versus m uh, av maximum adaptive volume so the way that i look at this is going from mev to mrv is basically going from what is the bare minimum that's going to give me some results to the maximum amount I can recover from and cycling it, mm. which takes a little bit longer per mesocycle and a little bit more focus, which means I got to probably spend six weeks in a mesocycle going from minimal amount of volume and slowly increasing my volume in a block week by week until I hit a point where I cannot recover from it. And then I got to go back, which also takes a lot of assessments. But the thing is, is to, to hit MEV, you're pretty low. You're doing like two sets of uh, an exercise, which means that your session is quick and you're not doing that much which isn't that fun to me. Then you take it all the way to MRV, which is you could be doing six sets per muscle group. Now you're at the gym for two fucking hours 
you know, and you're smashing yourself until you go, okay, there's no way I can recover from this. Now I'm going to deload back at MEV and repeat cycle. Does it work? 100% it works. I know there's a good amount of people who do this that look phenomenal. It works very well. And it's a good way to understand how much your body can tolerate and how to cycle these things. Um, And it's a good way to create novelty stimulus without just changing exercises, which isn't always the best way to build muscle. Um, Rather, it allows you to assess and progress your stimulus and push that stimulus to the max and then repeat. So I know a lot of people do this. Uh, Mike Isertel and those guys do it. Um, I believe uh, Steve Hall does it. Again, all great physiques, great bodybuilders, super smart. The, The method works. For the people I work with and the way I live my lifestyle, I just couldn't do it because I'd go in and have a 20 to 30 minute session week one, and then it would end up turning into a two hour session by the end of the cycle. I don't have a schedule that allows me to do that. For me, it's like I have an hour and a half to work out and it's going to stay that way every single day, no matter what. I'm not going to increase it or change it because I can't change my schedule that dynamically, nor do I want to. Yeah. Um, the other route is is better for people like me because I can say this is how long I'm training and this is just what I'm going to do. The problem with is it takes more patience. That's the hard part for people. So the first way, there's more fluctuations and that might be exciting to people because there's change. The other way is more like, all right, MAV, let me find out the sweet spot for volume. Maybe it's 20 sets per muscle group per week for me. I'm just going to stay there and I'm just going to try to progressively overload over time. I'm just going to work a little bit harder. I'm going to do add weights here and there. And every four, six, eight weeks when I need to, I'm going to take a deload week and then go back to it. I personally think that way is better. If we look anecdotally in the industry and the people who have worked with coaches like myself or top coaches in the industry, that's typically the most commonly used. It's the most backed by science over the years. The The other route, not saying that it can't, won't catch up, it's just newer. So there's not as much data from uh, a science or uh, anecdotal like experience perspective mm-hmm. as this other way compared to like when we look at the whole industry, right? And everybody who uses it. So I would go with the one that's more backed. Um, it's a little bit more simple and takes a little bit more patience, but I think it is more soundproof and it's easier for a lot of people to fit into their schedule and do and actually adhere to compared to one that goes from uh, so little to so much within time period. And if you overshoot that MRV, you can injure yourself. You know, you got to really know what your maximum recoverable volume is, which is hard to know. I mean, totally. it takes time to learn that shit about your body. Um I mean, shit, if you asked me what mine is, I could make a good guess, but I'd have to go through a couple blocks just to figure out exactly what my MRV is. So um, if you're a really, really committed bodybuilder and maybe you compete in the sport and you can dictate everything you do around your training, then it might be a good route. Um, If not, I probably wouldn't do it. Totally. But it's not an overrated, underrated. I don't think either one of them is overrated. I think both of them are underrated because they're both methodical approaches to training. I think that's underrated. Um, What do I think is better for most people? The latter. Hmm. Totally. I think that works. All right, cool. Uh, next one is going to be high-protein processed foods. Example, Kodiak cakes, Magic Spoon, or Quest chips. Uh, overrated. I mean, I think they're great. You know, it's uh, – Blakely loves Kodiak pancakes, so we always have a box. Um, I personally don't eat them that often unless I, like – like, if I wake up early on a Saturday and go train, I come home and Blakely's ready to eat – then I'll sit down and have them with her just so I can eat breakfast with her. And they're good. for. I mean, they're great. They hit your protein. And if you if you have a pancake sweet tooth or you love pancakes, I think they're awesome. I think they're overrated just because I think some people rely on them and they're eating those things every single day. Protein cookies, protein bars, protein pancakes. Pro, you know what I mean? It's like protein jello, protein everything. It's like, how about some like meat or cottage cheese? <laughs> like just eat some real food, you know? I think real food's overrated, uh, underrated and high protein processed foods are overrated. Yeah. They're definitely great additions, though. Like, I think they could be helpful. All right. Uh, Next one is going to be Vegas. Man, if you asked me uh, when I was 21, 22, I'd say... Underrated. I mean, I don't know if I would because I think everybody knew Vegas was dope. Yeah. But now I'm like, I'm good, man. I'm I'm Vegas out. Yeah? I think I've been... You've probably been just as many times as me just because of, like, uh, your ex used to live out there or something, right? Yeah family yep but uh i think i've been there probably 15 times yeah it's a good amount of times i mean it seemed like every fitness event was out there for a while so i I mean i went there i've gone there every single year for the lot since i was 21 that's for sure that's 10 years at least 10 times yeah um but i think i think i'm good for a bit actually 2020 did i go to vegas overrated i don't think i did yeah the last time i went was 2019 for my honeymoon yeah yeah and i think i'm done now Mm -hmm. (laughs) at least for a while yeah 
Vegas is just, man, like the first day is always so dope. And then the second day, you're like, dude, I just want to go home. Yeah. Done. Second day. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Last time we went. Three three days, it's like tops. Yeah. Was that the last time you went too? When? For, your, for my bachelor party? Oh, you said honeymoon. Oh, I meant bachelor party. <laughs> I was like, definitely so I didn't even honeymoon. Yeah. For a bachelor party, yeah. Yeah. Probably. We were there for three days. Yeah. I think three nights, three nights, four days. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like day two, we all broke our phones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ready to go home. The whole group I called from a payphone Hey yeah. babe the, Everybody broke their phones All 13 guys Yeah <laughs> You're full of shit I swear to god We all thought they were waterproof When we the pool all party We the pool Yeah Oh that was good We all thought they were Who told us that Vinny my brother Oh that's right Look look He's dumping his phone In a glass of water And we're like Oh shit They are waterproof The new iPhones are dope <laughs> Let's do it. Everybody went in the pool party with phones, and yeah. everybody came out with not working phones. None. All right, cool. Uh, next one is going to be clean eating. Um, overrated, man. I think it is. Whoa. I think, yeah, I think a lot for a while. I I might have said the different a different a long time ago, but I think if it's your macros and flexible eating, just it, it's gone so far. That now people, they, there's like this, de- they, they demonize clean eating. They, people hate saying the words clean foods. And I'm like, first of all, why do people take offense to foods? It's a food. You know what I mean? Like, the, like that guy was mad at me because I didn't like carnivore. It's like, dude, you eat what you want. I don't care. Like, why, do you, like, why does it matter what I want to do? Yeah. And I think clean food's the same thing. People get mad when people say clean, clean foods, because they're like, you're, you're demonizing bad foods. It's like, no, I'm not. I'm just saying that. You know, that apple has a lot of good things about it. It's clean. It's clean food. It's healthy. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Pop-Tart, you can eat it. It's not bad, but there's nothing healthy about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's mentally healthy to have junk food every once in a while, you know, and fit it in. That's the point of flexible dieting. But I think people just, the, the if it fits your macros and flexible dieting pendulum just swung way too far, demonizing clean food and not allowing people to understand that if you want to sustainably lose weight, stay lean, be healthy, there's a lot of value in just eating good food, like having a diet full of real food, you know, like having eggs and vegetables and stuff in the morning, having oatmeal on a regular basis, sweet potatoes and chicken. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's good for you. Some people would, would, maybe not some, but people would argue the definition of clean and good for so long. Yeah. yeah. Like what, what's, why is a pop tart not clean eating? Yeah. Again, who cares? First <laughs> of all, second of all, because there's no good nutrient value about it. Good nutrient. Yeah. It's all, it's all relative to people. Like, yeah. You know I mean, what could I say about a Pop-Tart? I could say that if somebody is struggling to meet their calories and they're training very hard, eat a Pop-Tart yeah. because it's a small little tart. I don't know why it's called a tart because yeah. it's not. Um, and it's full of a ton of sugar and calories. So it's going to replenish sugar that you've burned during your training and it's going to hit your calories really easily because it's so tiny. Yeah. You know what I mean? To eat that many calories in whole food, you got to eat a lot of whole food. So I think there is like, there's definitely a place for flexible dieting and fitting in those foods. We, we teach our clients how to do this. So totally. I'm obviously a fan of it, but I just hate the, the idea of like it being bad to say clean or healthy foods. Yeah. Like I want to live That's a long ridiculous. time. I want a strong, healthy immune system. I want good digestion. I want feel, feel good energy. I want good mental clarity. And there's just simply research that shows processed foods don't digest as well for a lot of people. They are going to cause issues with, um, uh, not always, but sometimes with, uh, cognitive function and things like that, because they can slow down the way your thought processes work if you're overdoing it. Um, and this is where it's like lurky research. So I'm not going to say like processed foods are bad, but overconsumption of processed foods can cause issues like that, especially processed sugars. Um, there's also a lot of research that shows, if you want to maximize your maintenance calories, eating less processed foods is better because processed foods are quite literally already processed. Guess what your body does when it's breaking down foods? Processing it. (laughs) So if we have whey protein, why do you think it digests so easily? You're not going to burn as much calories from 20 grams of whey protein as you would 20 grams of chicken breast because your body has to break it down through saliva, bile, digestive process through your gut, has to absorb nutrients. That takes work. So for us to maximize our maintenance calories as well, it's good to have more whole foods and less processed foods. So there's just so many reasons to fill your diet with better whole foods. Saying that you can't eat like unclean foods or bad foods, that's stupid. Yeah. And they're not bad, but it's just that majority of your diet shouldn't be filled with those. Totally. Period. Cool. All right, next one is going to be deadlifts. Um, actually going to say overrated. I think Over. that, yeah, I think that uh, people use deadlifts 
like so universally across all programs. I love deadlifting because yeah. I like lifting shit off the floor and I care about strength. But if your goal isn't strength, you don't need to deadlift. Like if we're talking body composition, there's better exercises to build your glutes, hamstrings, and back. Way better. Um, people used to always say like, if you want a big, thick back, you got to deadlift. No, you don't. You got to get really good at pulling and rowing and, and heavy weights and doing pull-ups. Like deadlifting is primarily legs, but it's a total body exercise. It's mainly neurological though. You know, there's not a ton of time under tension unless you're doing one long one rep max. And even then time under tension directly isn't the biggest correlative factor of building muscle. Um, you can't do a ton of volume because you don't want to do high reps with deadlifts without because you'll injure yourself. Um, and it's so spread out across the body that there's not any direct muscle focus. You know, a bench press is good for chest because it's directly a chest exercise. Deadlift is what? Deadlift? Yeah. Legs? Yeah. But I mean, what? Like. You're a trap bar. You actually have some good amount of quads. Yeah. Depending on your femur length, if you're doing a convention, you got quads too. Yeah. But you also got hamstrings at the hip inch. So you got a little bit of glutes, but it, depending on how long your femurs are, you know what I mean? There's some back, but it's isometric. That's what I don't understand. How's it back? Because I mean, you if you're doing it properly, it your, your lats are contracted. Yeah, they're isometrically contracted. On a trap bar, your traps are isometrically contracted. But isometrics are not the best way to build muscle either. So it's like, it's a little bit of everything, yeah. right? Whereas uh, even a squat, like a normal stance squat is kind of a little bit of everything, but more quad. Close stance squat is very quad dominant. So if you want to focus on quads, I think you should close stance squat. But I'd say overrated for most people. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Next one is going to be bodybuilding. Underrated. Um, bodybuilding as a sport, sorry to the fans, overrated. Bodybuilding as a method of training, underrated the reason I say that is because I think a lot of people choose this is more common with bikini competitors but a lot of people choose to compete as a goal to push them for weight loss and I think that's a mistake because you're choosing a goal to get a general sustainable weight loss like you're choosing an outcome or a target of like really I just want to lose some weight right but I'm going to choose a target that's at the max extreme to get there that's that's not a good idea you know you're going to push yourself to a level that is potentially no coming back you could cause eating disorder you cause a whole bunch of problems you don't want to do that um, now there's some people who really love the sport. And that's what I always ask. I had a conversation with a lady the other day. She brought up competing. I was like, Oh, do you like the sport of bodybuilding? She's like, Oh no, I mean, I don't really pay attention. I'm like, okay, then you shouldn't do it. Do a photo shoot, do a weight loss goal, set something else up. But getting on stage is a sport. You know what I mean? Um, you wouldn't set a goal of, of um, joining or making a football team yeah. in order to lose weight. You know, I know that's kind of like, sounds sure. crazy to people, but in a way, you know, you wouldn't set a goal of competing in the CrossFit Games if your goal was to lose 20 pounds. Yep. It's the same thing, you, you know. So you should look at it like that. Now, the method of bodybuilding, I think, is underrated because a lot of people jump into training for aesthetic results, building muscle, losing weight, body composition changes, and they're jumping into CrossFit or circuit training or Orange Theory or whatever. When bodybuilding is quite literally, it's, it's literally the training method of changing your body composition. You're building your body. So just because you're bodybuilding doesn't mean your goal is to become this huge Mr. Olympia, it means that you're working on building your physique. So I think it's very underrated as a training modality for most gen pop people, but I think it's overrated as a sport for most gen pop people. Not because I don't like the sport, but because people set the target for the wrong reason. Yep. Love it. Yeah. Let's go with like one or two more. Yep. Uh, we'll go next one would be social media. Man. I Double think. Short. Huh? Double-edged sword. It's a very double-edged sword. Um, I think it is definitely underrated for business, right? I think that, but then again, it depends on the business you're in. I know people who have very successful businesses that don't spend a ton of time on social media, you know? So I think, I think, I think social media is overrated. I think marketing is underrated. Yeah. And I'm speaking business. Uh, personal life, if I didn't do what I do, I probably wouldn't have, I might have it, but I wouldn't be on it that much. You know, and I mean, I, if I didn't have it, I don't know, I I wouldn't have my wife. I didn't have it. So I'm thankful I have it. But, um, but I just think that like, before I got really into fitness, I really didn't do much with MySpace or Facebook or anything. Even when I was training in person, I didn't do a ton with it until I was like, I think I really want to push this online thing. Totally. Um, I find it like, it's not weird. So I don't want to like say I'm hating on people, but I don't personally like putting too much of my personal stuff on social media. I think it's kind of weird. Like, uh, if I have like cool wins like, I want to share it, you know, like, special events of my life, of course. My daughter, things like that. Um, if it's material celebrations, I don't like sharing it. I think it's, like, just weird bragging and boasting. I think that's, I don't, I don't know. I don't, 
respect when people do that as much. Even though I look at it sometimes, you know, especially like celebrities and stuff, I think it's cool seeing what they drive and all that stuff. Um, but I, I feel like there's so many people who purposely put negativity on there to share negative things. And I think that's weird. I think that's very, I don't know if overrated is the right word. I don't like it. Yeah. I just think it's like, man, like when bad things happen in my life, I'm gonna keep it to myself. Yeah. I'm gonna tell the people close to me because I want advice and I want help, but I don't know. I think it's weird. Um, but I think marketing's underrated because I think a lot of people think Instagram's the only way to market. I know so many people that just do Facebook ads and email marketing and they're crushing it. You know what I mean? So does that mean those things are better than Instagram? No, it just means that every marketing pursuit has benefits and you just need to choose one that you're going to dominate. You know, yeah. we're working on some stuff on the back end and we're investing in that has really nothing to do with social media, but it's probably going to be 10 times more helpful that, to us than social media. I would say. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't require social media. media. You know what I mean? So adding that to our arsenal is just insane. I think things like that are very underrated. Yeah. You know, but a lot of people don't think about that because today's day and age is YouTubers and Instagrammers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. So, and TikTokers. <laughs> All right. One more. Uh, we will go over. Oh, uh, BCAAs. Ooh. In general, overrated. I think I would be stupid to not say that. Um, I think I think they're overrated in general. There's not that many uses for them, but I, I personally don't like when people just blatantly say BCAs are always a waste of money no matter what. Because I think that there's, like most things, like glutamine. Glutamine is generally a supplement that not that many people need, but there's benefits to it. BCAs are generally a, a supplement that most people don't need. Most people who are buying BCAs, you probably don't need to. Just eat your protein. But there are scenarios with... Um, even for cognitive function or uh, I think it's called hyperaminodosis or amine. It's basically like overloading your bloodstream with aminos. There actually are some muscle growth benefits to that in certain settings. Um, there's benefits to marathon runners. There's benefits to cognitive ability to uh, be resilient through training. Like there are benefits there. It's just that it's like one to 5%. Yeah. So 95% of people don't need to worry about it. So I would say overrated in general, but there's always a purpose to everything. For sure. So. All right, that's the last one today, guys. We, I'm just looking at the amount we have here, and we are going to have multi-parts uh, of this oh, series. Did we even hit half? No, I'm not even close. Oh, sick. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, you'll get some more underrated, overrated podcasts in the near future. Like I said before, go check out the guides on our website, taylorcoachingmethod.com slash guides, if you want to see how our training works for free. And make sure you check out taylortrainer.net to give a seven-day free trial to the Taylor Trainer app.